Welcome to This Engineering Life, the undergraduate series. I'm Rebecca Simmons, an associate professor of the practice in mechanical engineering and materials science at Duke University. Joining me is Grant, Sydney, and Mosin. All three are undergraduate engineering students also at Duke University. In this episode, we talk about startups. What does it take to start a startup? What are resources at Duke? And we also talked to an alumni who, who started a startup at Duke and is working on it currently. Join us now. Okay, so we're here with Steve McClellan. Steve, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, uh, Steve McClelland, engineering class of 95, but now I've been back at Duke for three years as an executive in residence, uh, focused primarily on how to help people who are interested in startups throughout campus, not just engineers. This is awesome because we have tons of engineering students that are interested in startups. Do you find that a lot of the students come interested with ideas or uh, more interested in just having a startup? I think we're finding across the campus more and more people are aware of the possibility of startups, um, either joining a small company or starting their own. We really want to help people understand the path for both. You know, as a student, when I was a student, I didn't know what a startup was. Uh, Certainly they must have existed because that's how small businesses and companies form. But I wasn't really aware of it. And I think a lot of the recruiting and a lot of the information about careers wasn't focused on these sort of smaller, um, they were considered risky. And I, I think a lot of that has changed. So I think it's important for people to understand just what the opportunities are. And the process is different. It, it, it may be, it's a little bit less visible, um, but I think the opportunities for growth in a small company, your ability to have more responsibility and more impact on the direction of a company is fantastic. So I think it's such a great alternative. I'm a, I'm very advocate for, for people trying it. One other thing we've noticed is I think some of the, you know, there's outreach through INE, there's a certificate program, and then there's kind of events, contests and clubs. And that's where kind of, you would see a lot of the usual suspects. And I think we're trying to broaden it. We're making, trying to make it a little bit easier to get involved so that more people, and I just in doing that in the last, really in the last year, we've started launching a program where you can kind of, as long as you're willing to attend every week, you can join up. There's no, no application. It's more of a registration and commitment. And we, we've seen hundreds of students um, that we hadn't seen before, undergrad and all the way into the graduate programs. And that's through INE, or how would the students know about that program slash sign up for it? Yeah, so we it's, it's a student founder program. Uh, the link is off of the INE website, but it's actually a partnership between Pratt and INE to launch this program. Uh, you know, when I arrived, I wanted to find that sort of actually do hatch, which was part of the MEM program at Pratt, was kind of a separate uh, entrepreneur program. Then there was Melissa and Doug program, which has been going for many years. And then there's an accelerator. There's all these different things. But we wanted the one place that when you first arrive at campus where you could join up and we call that student founder program. Is this program just focused for students that don't have ideas yet or is it for students at any stage of the process? Um, is it meant to target a certain stage of the process? No, so it's actually one thing we're dealing with in setting up the program is understanding which stages we're seeing. So we actually have 
people self-report. Uh, we call one stage sort of inspired, which means I'm just interested in learning more and connecting with other people who are interested. And then there's the, you know, you have an idea where, or you're just trying to test your ideas, pursuing an, a single idea. So maybe you've already decided like, oh no, I wanted to try and make this one go. All the way to forming a company or we have many students who have already launched ventures. So we're seeing about five different stages. And as you can imagine, the majority are in the very early stages of trying to get information. We try and mix up uh, the groups, but we're also getting more requests for specialization for cases of maybe even a theme like social entrepreneurship or blockchain. Um, so that we're seeing enough, enough volume that we might need to start having some more breakout um, areas of interest that could serve people better. And, and what about uh, any other resources that you would recommend students looking into? So the Founders Program uh, sounds like a must. And I actually have heard many students that are involved in that and have said really fantastic things about it. Are the, is there anything else that um, the students should explore? I mean, it's almost limitless. And that's part of the challenge. So I always tell everyone, start with Student Founder. But it's also selfish because that's what I'm working on. <laughs> but you know, I think the certificate program is a great way to get some credit for, for doing this kind of work. And it's also, I think, where we get a lot of our inspired, you know, EGR 101 counts towards the INE certificate. So every incoming uh, engineer, just by taking EGR 101, gets one requirement for the certificate available to them. And so I think that, you know, taking some of the courses in finance or in some of the, the electives at INE are a great way to try and find out if this, if this area interests you. I would also say the programs uh, through Duke Engage, there's a Duke in Detroit. A lot of the stuff is on pause and Duke in Silicon Valley are places where I think a lot of students come away from the summer realizing how much opportunity there is in small companies or in if you're really inspired to do your own startup. So I think those are those are great ways. Also, I mean, the Internet is an amazing place uh, to find almost that, you know, Stanford and Y Combinator have put tons of information about startups, particularly targeted more towards, I'd say, young entrepreneurs that are available. Startup school is a great resource. And I, honestly, I'd say for any career in tech, not all startups, but tech-based startups. So if you're into software or tech, Twitter is an unbelievable resource. It takes a while to set up. Full disclosure, I used to work at Twitter and I was supposed to make it easy to set up, but it's still hard. So I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't successful there, but uh, once you get a, the right group, you, there's fast. I mean, the conversations on there are amazing. Biggest tip for Twitter is don't follow brands, follow people. Like if you like the New York Times, follow the authors. If you like a sports team, follow the players' moms. You get, the more authentic the voices get, the more interesting the, the feed becomes. Yeah, because you, you get a lot of ideas, right, about problems and everything else out there then. You know, a lot of students ask me also, they come in individually and ask about startups. And um, I, I say a great thing is, is having a person you want to work with. Where, where are you on, on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think you want to. It's a lonely pursuit anyway. You know, the, if you join a big consulting company or you go on to graduate school or you're going to go into banking, there's kind of pretty structured onboarding, uh, socialization, where they kind of connect you with a community. Um, they may even do some real training so, for your, so you're ready for your position. If you choose to go to a startup, especially if it's your own, your very own idea, not joining just a small team, but you're like, oh, I want to pursue this one idea, it could be very lonely and it's hard to continue to make progress or to deal with the lack of progress, which is inevitable. So I wouldn't do it alone. It's, I mean, I think it's better to have someone to celebrate with when things go well 
and you need that person who still believes when you stop believing for at least for a little while. So you need at least a partner can really help you get through the ups and downs. Yeah, it's kind of hard to always give yourself a, a pat on the back, right? It's kind of nice when someone else yeah. can, can do that for you. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just wondering, as, as you've worked with a lot of students in different startups and you've seen them, you know, some are successful, some aren't. Are there any common qualities or actions that you see students do that kind of help ensure their success or maybe resources that they take advantage of? Or I think there's a couple things that I think help succeed. I don't think I know. One, I think is asking for help and not just from somebody like me or a perceived expert, but actually others, you know, your friends can help you. If you if you're very clear about that you don't know or you want to accomplish something, there's an amazing number of resources that'll come if you actually ask. But I think there's a lot of things that teach us to maybe try and figure it out on our own, which you absolutely should do. You don't want to just be that person who's like, can you do this for me? Can you do you know, you want to, you know, make a concerted effort on your own, but really ask for help if you're stuck. Second, um, I would say getting used to the idea that no one else knows the answer. You'll get, you know, unlike some problem sets like you know, someone asked me, what do you think of this idea? And my answer is, I don't think of that idea. Like, that's not my idea. <laughs> and I don't know enough about the healthcare industry or the construction industry or the fashion industry to have all those answers. All I know is the process to get those answers. And I know what the evidence looks like to convince myself, which you would need to convince yourself that this is a good idea. So I think the sooner you embrace this fact that, that, that nobody actually knows and that you're actually just getting input and advice, but you actually have to make the judgment of whether you're convinced and whether you're passionate about pursuing this. Because, you know, in just, I'd say in a semester, right? If you You've probably learned this in some classes. If you really dedicate to some discipline, you can get very knowledgeable very quickly, given the access to information we have these days. And so in a short time, you could become the only one who knows your domain as well as you. Maybe not every piece of it, like there's kind of this depth that you'll never get, but you just be, and especially on campus, you have access to expertise in every domain, more than you would ever need, but you have to go ask, right? If you need legal, gotta go ask a lawyer. <laughs> If you need business, ask somebody who studied it, right? If you need engineering, we have all kinds of engineers you could ask. They might not always answer your email, but that's maybe where some persistence will come in. But you know, I, I think is that ask for help and and be okay with the idea that there isn't an answer. You just, it's, it's more about proving it out. Okay, thanks, Steve. Hello there, I wanna welcome Tanvi here. She's gonna be telling us a little bit about her experience with startups. Tanvi, can you introduce yourself? Give us just your name, year, major. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name is Tanvi Santosh and I'm a senior at Duke University studying biomedical engineering. Awesome, well, thanks for being here with us, Tanvi. Um, and you have some experience with startups. Would you tell me just a little bit about just a general overview of that experience and then we'll go into some details? Yeah, for sure. So I got really interested in startups probably last year when I got introduced to the Innovation Entrepreneurship Program and Certificate here at Duke. So my junior year um, with a couple of friends, I actually started um, a startup called Glimpse. And so essentially what that is, it's a mobile application for your iPhone that helps Alzheimer's patients um, with memory retention through the use of um, photos, videos, and audio sent by family and friends. 
So that is something that we worked on. And then we kind of delivered that product to the nursing, um, nursing facilities in the germ area. So they are currently using that technology, but unfortunately it didn't really span out to be anything else, but hopefully one day I can continue that project and make it more profitable or just more widespread. Will you tell me a little bit about the process to actually creating that startup and what that experience was like? I guess I can talk about my other startup that I worked on for this summer, this past summer. Um, It was through Duke Innovation Sprint. I got um, acquainted with a PhD student here at Duke that was studying x-rays and x-ray diffraction methods. So the product that he made was um, an x-ray device, a 3D x-ray device that is able to assess cancer margins in patients. That is something that we worked on marketing over this past summer. A lot of my responsibilities were contacting um, contract manufacturers, investors, surgeons to see whether or not they would actually benefit from a product like this within their um, hospitals and their facilities. Um, A lot of people, especially in Duke students, put a lot of pressure on themselves to get internships at big companies for the junior summer. Mm -hmm. Say, factored into your decision to work on this sort of smaller startup project? Is it something you're very glad you did or do you have any regrets? Yeah, for sure. Um, Like every other Duke student, like I also want or like desired um, an internship at like a huge company because I think it's very like a good thing to have on your resume. It's It's a strong resume builder, but a lot of it came down to like what I actually find interesting. So again, like I really got interested in the startup field and was wondering like what I can do. I was actually supposed to have um, an internship at a big company over the summer, but unfortunately that did get canceled because of COVID. So I had a lot more time to like focus in on the startup. I focused more on the business aspects since a lot of the engineering aspects of the project were already completed by this PhD um, student. However, like currently I am working on the engineering aspects through his um, lab that he's in right now, helping him develop some of the additional components that investors really like to see and running a lot of like clinical trials. Do you think your experiences with startups will impact the sort of future career decisions, the type of companies you'll decide to work for or roles that you'll look into? For sure. I definitely think um, in my future, I want to be able to be at I think an economic and mental stability in order to have a startup of my own. I definitely think that coming out of college is really hard to, you know, go straight into a startup and work there or like found one yourself because a lot of us don't have like the economic funds or means to be able to do so. Do you have any advice for someone who might be trying to decide between working at a startup or working at a traditional role? I think like a lot of the appeal from a startup is that like you control your destiny, right? You um, are your own boss and you get to kind of be there through every single stage. So you get to wear multiple hats. You get to kind of experience different aspects about business, about engineering, about um, really markets, like marketing, sales, everything. Like you get a piece of everything. So if that's something that you're really interested in, then I would recommend it but I think it's really dependent on what people want out of their career as well. Totally understood. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, Although I wish like I did get 
my internship experience at a big company. I think my summer was also very well spent in doing a lot of startup stuff. Like I kind of know what I want to do in my future now because of that. And that was definitely like going into that summer. I had no idea what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but at least I have a sort of, I guess, end goal. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tanvi, for talking to us today. We really appreciate your insights and experiences and we wish you the best. Thank you. Hi, thank you for joining us today. Would you please introduce yourself with your name, major, year, and a fun fact about yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Sam Hartley. I'm a sophomore here at Duke studying biomedical engineering. And a fun fact about myself is I have a queenophobia. Great, thank you. Um, So what did you do when you were working at this startup? So this summer I got to work on uh, a project, sort of an industry project. changing initiative project at a startup. So previously in the microelectronics manufacturing industry, all of the standards for how a certain part, certain micro part would be manufactured are written in PDF format. So the specifications of how long things have to be, the electrical components, the thermal components, all of that is in PDF format. Now what has to happen from there is someone has to read it and input on on a machine, these machine vendors, to, uh, to actually manufacture the part. And problems can arise when you do that, such as if someone makes a mistake in programming. Depending on where in the process, it can cost millions of dollars, these mistakes. And also, it's a time thing, too. It takes a lot of time for people to read PDF formats. So the idea was that you take the PDF format, is now going to be combined into a single XML file or a single combinable computer readable. That's super impressive. Um, Thank you for sharing. Were there any values that you experienced working at this startup that you may not have experienced at a larger company? Oh, yeah. So definitely um, there's a lot of differences between working at a smaller company uh, or startup and a larger company. And I've done several internships of what I would consider a, a middling company that sort of was like it had lost its small business qualifications because of a certain amount of revenue. I've worked at a larger company and then I've worked at uh, a startups um, for my internships. And I can tell you that in a larger company, often you have access to a lot of resources um, and you is often very intentional, a very developed internship program. Uh, but what can often happen is you can be finding yourself a with lack of work because, you know, you've ac- accomplished a task they're given for you and, and then you don't really know who to go to sometimes to, to try to get more work or be not be not being really interested in what you're doing and, and sort of being caught in a slump about how, like, you know, this is what you're told to do. That there's no movement about that. You sign up for an internship, and you know, it's still a good experience, obviously. But you know, you're maybe not happy. You're maybe not understanding what you're doing or why you're doing it. And I feel like that's sort of a challenge in, in, in a lot of engineering-based internships is to understand the bigger picture of why you're doing things, um, because you could just be told to do a certain task that you know, you're actually doing for X reason, 
but you believe you're doing it for why reason. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the fact that if you don't know why you're doing something, you can't do it um, to the best of your ability. Contrasting that with a smaller company, obviously your resources are greatly limited. It's not not exclusively, but of course, you know there are large internships who do large companies who do internships very well, and there's some who do them not so well. Same thing with startups, but I think as a general rule, you're closer to what I would call the action of the business. I I literally sat across from my mentor in an office. He he would tell me, "Here's what I'm doing, here's what you're doing, here's what we'll be doing next week," and then and pretty much the whole structure of the startup. I knew exactly what what I was able to do, why I was doing it. I knew what he was doing, and basically, it really it really was one of my favorite internships I've ever done, just because I really felt like you know obviously at, at the top level decisions are being made that you don't have the experience to make as a, as a young intern, but sort of minute things in the tasks you're given, I could talk directly to my mentor and say, hey, how about we go in this direction, and after speaking to him. Sometimes some of the ideas I had were good. Um, and sometimes, of course, they were bad. But that's just a, a process that you, I didn't, you don't ever get at a larger company. Like at a larger company, like you do things as you're instructed to do them. I just feel like as a, at a startup level, like that, that's what really made it interesting to me, the creativity I could put into my work because I, I really understood what I was doing and I had the access to uh, the person directly in charge of it. I love that. It sounds like you really enjoyed your experience um, and the ability to work directly with someone who has a lot of power within that company. Um, how has working at this startup affected your decision for what you would like to do long term? That's a, that's a very difficult question, I think, because I'm a, I'm a BME major here at Duke, and the startup was more computer-based, involved a lot of coding and, and uh, Excel work, but which I thought that you know I didn't really enjoy, but turns out I, I do actually enjoy it if, if I sort of understand like why it's doing it. I really liked that whole creativity aspect of it, like sort of decision making. So for my career, I think I would want to get in something that, that is at more at a management level to sort of try to make the company as efficient as possible. Perfect. Um, I'm so glad that you had that experience and were able to recognize it. Last question I have for you. Do you have any recommendations for other students considering working at a startup? I would say definitely go for it. A lot of people have experience at, at big companies, which I think is valuable. I think you should do that too. But I feel like having a smaller startup internship, it's an experience that is very formative in, in what you are passionate about and how you are able to understand the business world more than an internship at a larger uh, company. Because in that job, you'll be a lot closer to the nexus of, of everything that's happening. So I think it's a greatly valuable experience. I think everyone should have one. Not exclusively. You should get bigger internships too, I think. But working at a startup was great. Perfect. Thank you, Sam, so much for your time. Um, really appreciate you speaking with us and sharing your experience working at a startup. Okay, so Uzo, we're here today. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Uzo. I am Pratt's class of 2017. 
Um, I was born in Nigeria, grew up in South Africa. Um, I obviously went to school at Duke and I moved back to Nigeria to work on my startup, Relief. Um, and I studied mechanical engineering while at Duke. Shout out all the MEs out there. I was also quite involved with engineering student government uh, and many other things. Lots of things. You did everything when you were, <laughs> you were very busy. So t- tell us about Relief. So Relief is a startup that, that you founded with two, two friends. And can Absolutely. you just give us what do you do and um, a little bit of how it started? Sure. Um, so Relief uh, is a Nigerian agri-tech company. Um, we help food factories in Africa get quality crops from smallholder farmers. Uh, so in simple terms, we use software to source from many different spread out farmers, so internal tools. And then we make our own proprietary industrial machinery to process those crops to control quality. So we sell those products uh, downstream to other food factories. Our mission really is uh, to speed up agricultural-based industrialization uh, because that is the fastest way in the history of the world actually um, to eliminate poverty. Um, So we're trying to speed that up by helping factories grow by connecting them to farmers. Should I talk a little bit about my co-founders or yeah that's great because i you know we, we talked about this a little bit with um steve mcclellan and i and i had mentioned that a lot of times for startups having another person or two people it makes a big difference right absolutely i would say the, the most important decision you make besides maybe your market um is yeah the people you want to you want to build with for the long term because it really is actually a five to 10 year commitment. And the litmus test for me was always, you know, if this went horribly wrong and it went to zero tomorrow, would we still look at each other and be, oh, it was exciting to work with you on this hard problem for the last couple of years. And so I, my co-founders names are Isaiah Udatan and then Kenna and Zewi. Isaiah uh, went to MIT and Kenna uh, went to Yale. Um, I met them both independently, but they're cousins. I met Ikenna through a, career preparation organization called Management Leadership for Tomorrow, MLT. Um, And we are at a conference, a pitch competition. um, And uh, essentially, I was getting ready, working in a group, doing all this work to prepare the pitch. He was sitting back, not doing anything. And then when it came time to present, he stood up and said, hey, guys, I got this. He went and presented. He did really well. And I said, wow, that guy, that guy's smart. So we uh, we sat down, started talking about Nigeria and our aspirations. And then uh, we, we began working together. And it was initially a nonprofit. So I kind of joined what him and Isaiah were already working on. Um, and then I met Isaiah's younger brother at BSAI, Black Student Alliance Invitational Weekend. Um, and that's how I got to know his family. And then we all began working together. Um, so I felt really blessed and lucky to, to get in touch with them. So that was my, we've been working together since 2016. So my junior year. And how did that, so so for the students that are juniors, right? So you're a junior and you're already contemplating startup. What, what did you find? So now you've got great people to work with. What were some of the other resources at Duke that you're like, these were awesome. Don't miss out on these. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's quite interesting because people always ask me, you know, were you an I and E? Did you the certificate, all that stuff? And honestly, I wasn't too plugged into like the traditional like tech and startup scene, so to speak. But one thing I did learn pretty early on um, was, you know, if you're doing something interesting in a startup, you should, you should get to know Howie, you should talk to Howie. But then, um, everyone told me like, Howie's really busy. So it's really hard to talk to him. Uh, so then I heard about the Listen Doug program. 
um, which would be a great way to consistently interface with Howie. And then I found out that IME was way bigger than just Howie, even though Howie's amazing. So Melissa and Doug, for me, was incredible for us as a team, uh, because even though we had people at MIT and Yale, Melissa and Doug was really focused on setting consistent milestones and you had to make progress, otherwise you're out the program. And so I think some of that pressure was really helpful for us. Um, so I, I would say a really big one for me is, is, is Melissa and Doug Entrepreneurship Program. And then another one that is less structured, um, but I would encourage more people to do is just your, your peers. You really are working with people that are going to build the, the next big companies that are in your doing problem sets with you. They're, they're you yourself, but just be, be okay with sharing what you're interested in, one small side project, and you never know who could kind of join you and really see things take off. So when you were getting ready to graduate, you had a job, you had another job offer. You had this startup you could do. You had startup, where where were the funds from? They were just things that you had pursued, right? Yes. So um, the way things played out was when we started working together, uh, middle of junior year, we all had internships. Um, I was going to GE that summer. Isaiah was going to Facebook. Kenna was going to Bain. Um, and even during that summer, we, uh, we spent more time probably on the startup than at the jobs you're working at. And it was kind of clear, okay, after this, we, we're not going to, we're going to do what we can to work on relief full-time after, after, um, these internships. Um, so what we all did uh, was actually defer. So we wrote letters to our jobs. They said, I need, you know, I need a year at least to pursue this. Um, so I would encourage that as a strategy and they can you know, make your parents feel okay that you're not going off to do this thing and have no safety net. Um, but then we applied to tons of competitions. There are so many competitions for young people in college. Uh, we won one at Fuqua, I think we got maybe $5,000. Um, we, yeah, we applied to a bunch of competitions. So the Fuqua one is maybe the first set of institutional funding. Melissa and Doug gives you some money for that summer. Um, Melissa and Doug also had a couple pitch competitions, uh, which we're able to get funding from angel investors. And then, uh, what was huge for us was even before we applied to Y Combinator about right after spring break and Melissa and Doug was really helpful in prepping for that. And then we had a Y Combinator. Combinator interview. Um, for those that don't know, that's probably the best startup accelerator in the world. We had our Y Combinator interview the day before LDAC. And so flew out to California, did the interview. And the way it works is you do the interview in the day, it's just 10 minutes. And then if you make it, you get a call in the evening if you don't get an email. So I stayed in California, everyone else had to go back. Kenna had finals, Isaiah also had to go back. Um, so I stayed in California and I remember getting a phone call. You know, I went crazy. Uh, once I got the phone call, I was able to book a flight back to uh, North Carolina. And so I arrived I, uh, the next day. It was my last class ever. I walked into the last maybe 15 minutes. I think it was mechanics or solids. It was some Emmy, like four something, something. And then I went, went to LDAC. So that was surreal, very fortunate. It's a Y Combinator plus the money from Melissa and Doug allowed us to move to Nigeria after graduation and really pursue things. A true success story. And, um, and, and so what is, what would be, uh, advice to students about startup? And then you can give some general engineering advice or life advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I, I will kind of maybe three things and I've kind of already mentioned this, but the one about, you know, your peers, you are so fortunate to be in an environment where there already has been a Duke does an amazing job at filtering out people who are curious uh, who are hardworking, 
who are passionate about more than just themselves. And so you already have an incredible pool of people inherently just to pick from. And you should, as much as possible, explore some of that curiosity that you wrote about in your, you know, your essay. And don't let some of those ideas that when you were young about changing the world and doing something significant, like fall away. You really are, there's so many resources around you. But I would say one, pick, pick someone or a group of people that really have a shared value and a shared vision for something different on the world and just begin working with them. Um, and it doesn't have to be on a startup, it can be on a smaller side project and hopefully it develops organically. Two, you want to pick, this is more like for commercial success, but you want to pick a good market. You don't, you can have a great idea, a great solution, but if the market you're operating in is terrible, it doesn't matter what, you know, how good your your solution is. Um, you want to be flexible enough to let uh, the data guide you. A lot of, I made this mistake, but you want to, you don't lead with your solution, lead with understanding the problems of your users or your customers and really, really understand the pain points they have. Um, and then really ask yourself that litmus test because entrepreneurship is like sexy now and it's, you know, it's in a lot of people are kind of doing it for, uh, you know, maybe super more superficial reasons. Um, and it's really hard. So even after all that, like commercial, what seems like a success story and us not going back to our jobs fully, you know, ran out of money, had to take loans. It's not been an easy ride, had to let people off, not take salaries for months and months on an end. And if I was just doing it for, you know, a cosmetic reason, I would have gone back a long time ago. Um, so really search yourself and say, is this something, like I said, if it goes to zero tomorrow, um, will I still be excited that I made this decision? Um, so that's, uh, that's maybe my little piece of, it, of advice. That's fantastic. I love it. Okay. Anything else, Uzo? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. One, maybe one last thing. I, I always like to say this, that, um, you know, your thoughts determine your actions, your actions uh, consistently become your habits, your habits, you know, become your character and your character leads to your destiny. And so you can literally transform your destiny by paying attention to your thoughts. And you know what determines your thoughts are who you spend time with, what type of media are you consuming, uh, who are you listening to? And so some of that, when you're, especially when you're younger, it's more difficult to curate that. But consider this a period that you can really um, try and manifest some of those those thoughts and ideas um, and they they really can really change your life um, and I, I mean I've been super fortunate to have mentors like you Becky when I was a sophomore and wanting to leave Pratt and engineering and you and Neil sat me down and said you know really stick with it um, and so make sure you're I, surrounding I think we're yourself a little bit more like you cannot leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you made that sound a little bit more gentle than what yeah, Neil and I, I actually said. I didn't said. have a choice. I didn't have a choice. Um, but yeah, be you, you really just in general, just try and be a bit more intentional. Um, and it can really transform where your life goes. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Uzo. That's awesome. This Engineering Life is brought to you by the Pratt School of Engineering at Duke University. A special thanks to all of our interviewees for sharing their experiences. Our senior producer is Dr. Rebecca Simmons. Our theme music is from Silverman Sound, Audionautics, and Kevin McLeod. Be sure to check back in two weeks when we chat with the Duke community about engineers doing non-engineering endeavors. You can find this episode and more resources online at thisengineeringlife.com. I'm Mosin. I'm Sydney. And I'm Grant. And this has been This Engineering Life. See you again soon.